Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always. Yeah, but think about this. Thanks be to God who always, not once in a while, always causes us to triumph in Christ. He doesn't have a watch. How many of you know God doesn't have a watch? He doesn't realize what time it is. We were sure it was yesterday. <laughs> but again, Corinthians, but in, he, he said it this way in uh, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He said, and just always remember these verses. They kept me through some hell that I've been through. He said, I will never leave you. Amen. How many of you have ever been through hell? Yeah. How many of you have been saved more than a couple of weeks? He said, I will never leave you. I will never think never how long never is with God. <laughs> I will never leave you. I will never fail you. Why? Because love never fails. I'll never fail you and I'll never forsake you. And you're saying, are you sure God? How many of you have ever had a question in the middle of all that? But the answer is in the next verse that we might boldly say, requires some boldness because you, you can't see it. That we might boldly say, boldly, boldness, faith and trust, boldness. He's, he said, he'd never leave me if he'd never fail me, never forsake me, that I could boldly say, hey, God is on my side. No, 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 it doesn't matter what the world's doing. God God Almighty is on my side. And then I have a choice to make. I will not fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. He said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So, but he had that, he identified that the fear is a spirit. It comes on you and it will overtake you if you let it. He said, I will not fear. I will not fear. I refuse my will. My will is I won't fear. Hallelujah. I will boldly say, God is on my side. I will not fear. What, what can anybody do to me? Yeah, but you don't know what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I know what the Bible says. Right. Amen. He said he wasn't going to fail you. Yeah, but it's been years. Don't talk to me about years. <laughs> I went through that deal for almost seven years. You know how you can get discouraged after seven days? <laughs> and then you go to the Word of God and you say, you know, I, he said in, the, in the Isaiah 26.3, he said, I'm not going to mess you up. I'm with you. I will keep you in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. I will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is what? Because you trust me, he said. Because you trust me. So if, if you're off track, it's get into the book. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The gospel of his grace Romans 10, 15 calls it the gospel of his grace, the good news of his grace, not the good news of how I'm going to work it out, the good news of his grace.
his grace for my disgrace. Champions and overcomers. Why would he tell you you were an overcomer if you didn't have to come over? <laughs> no, no. He calls you an overcomer. That tells me that there's going to be stuff. I would say stuff happens. We're going to go to, to I know where we're going. We're going to John 14, 27. Who said you could have fun in church? <laughs> Someone said, this woman down. She's having too much fun. Nancy, could I have a tissue? I feel like crying. It's... <laughs> no, I only want one. I only want one. Thank you. So in John 14, 27, I'm not there yet, but you're probably there. He said, I'm leaving you something. I'm going to leave you something that's very important to me. He said, I'm going to leave you the peace that I operated in my whole ministry long so that nothing bothered me. He said, my peace, I leave with you. Not as the world gives peace. He said, this peace passes understanding. It'll rule your heart and rule your mind. He stayed in peace through everything, everything. But he said it wasn't the peace that the world gives. He said it's his peace and it's yours. So you don't have to be troubled. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled. As a matter of fact, I think that's how that verse ends. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let me find it here. Peace. I leave with you. Not the world's kind of peace. But look at this. How do you know when you're operating in it? Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Then if you just jump over to chapter 15, verse 11, it's going to leave you something else. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy, see, it's not even yours. This is joy to the brim. This is maximum joy. Joy to the brim might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So he could have left you a gazillion dollars, but he took the most precious things that he had and left them to you. His peace and his joy. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He made you right with him and it produces peace and joy, peace in the Holy Ghost, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy unspeakable, he said, and full of glory. Whew. Let not your heart be troubled. Hmm. Neither let it be afraid. Don't let it be in fear. Don't let it be in doubt. And really, when you think about it, a troubled heart is yielded to fear and doubt. That's why it's troubled. It doesn't have to be. Again, it's the word of God. And he, he said it so well. And you all know, know Romans 12, 1 and 2. But he said, not to be conformed to this world, but the metamorphosis transformed by renewing your mind by the word of God that you can prove the good, 
the acceptable, the perfect will of God. He said, I don't want you to live with a troubled heart, but, but I can't renew your mind for you. It's up to you to renew your mind by the word of God. And the only thing that we struggle from is ignorance of God's word. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're ignorant. No, don't do that. <laughs> I just think you're the most ignorant. <laughs> I got some good news for you. I found out you're not as dumb as you look. <laughs> no, don't say that either. <laughs> a troubled and a yielded heart. No fear, no doubt. Again, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given unto us the spirit of fear, but power, love, a sound mind. Yeah. Come on, read it. Read it again. Yeah. Doctors will tell you that 85% of disease begins from the neck up. Troubled hearts. Full of fear and full of doubt. And if you pay attention to the media, you've got a lot to be afraid of. But if you pay attention to the word of God, I keep saying this, but you've got to know. I refused to go home because I didn't want to miss what's happening next. No, no, but when you get to be my age, ancient of days, <laughs> you know, you're not feeling well. It's like, huh, I should just check out and leave, right? No. <laughs> not ever. No, but I don't want to miss it. I'm so glad Justin and I kept a hold of that motorcycle. It's still sitting in my garage good because, because I'll be riding that thing while people, are up, while people are up in that plane trying to open up that little bag of pretzels. I'll be heading down the road <laughs> trying to loosen my load. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> So if all those diseases begin from the neck up, and that's a doctor saying that, doctors saying that, then I just need to change what I'm thinking. And what's the Bible all about? Renewing your mind by the word of God, that you can prove the good, the acceptable, perfect will of God. But the, but the onus is on me. Yes. I could cry and roll around on the floor and do everything I needed to do, and God wouldn't. No, but, but think about it. He said in, in uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six that, Without faith, it's impossible to please him because he wants to do something for He wants to do something for you. He wants to do everything for you, but without faith, it's impossible. He said, number one, you must believe that he exists. Well, everybody here today believes that he exists, but do you really believe that he's a rewarder? Those that diligently seek him. And if you don't like where you are right now, seek him. No, lots of times we don't like what, what's happened in our lives, but we're the author and the finisher of it. Chase God. If you want to chase something in this world, chase God. Amen. Amen. Matthew 6, 25, please. 
That's a little Paul Wilson. Matthew 6, 25, please. He must be in the air right now. He says in Matthew 6, 25, therefore, and if you see it, therefore, you have to find out what it's there for. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. Now, that's interesting the way you read that because you don't have any original thoughts. You were not created to think for yourself. Thoughts come to you from two sources, only two. God or the devil? How do I know when it's God is good? How do you know when it's the devil is no good? Is it positive or negative? If it's negative, guess who's talking to you? Do you really want to listen to him? Take no thought saying. How do I take the thought? Thoughts come to all of us. But it's not until you speak it. You know, Kenneth Hagin used to say it this way. A bird, birds will fly over your head, but don't let them build a nest in your hair. In other words, the thoughts will come to you all day long. Don't take them. How do I take them? He said, take no thought saying. As soon as I say, oh my God, what am I going to do now? You just took a negative thought. If you said, oh my God, what are you about to do? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. If God be for me, get this in your head today, if nothing else. If God be for me, how do I know he's for me? He bled and died on a tree. You know, any other questions? If God be for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. And all these things, Romans 8, 20, 37 says, and all these things, what am I saying? He said, all of those things, I'm more than a conqueror because he loved me. He loves me. He's not mad at me. He was mad at sin and he killed his own son so that he wouldn't have to hurt me. Oh my God. You wonder if he loves you? Look at the one hanging on the tree. Isaiah 53 says, It pleased the Lord to bruise him, it pleased the Lord to kill his son. So they could get to you. So don't you ever dare, not in my presence anyway, say, I wonder if God likes me. He shed his blood. You're in there. Therefore I send unto you, take no thought for your life. Well, I wonder what that means. I wonder what he meant by that. Take no thought for your life. Sounds like, don't worry. So don't be in fear and doubt. Hey, I love you. And if you know I love you, don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. If it doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. Why did he think he told us that? Walk by faith. Exactly. Walk by faith and not by what it looks like. Yeah, but how long does it look like? Look, this thing started with me in 2017 or 2018. We were down, we were down in uh, watching a football game, Minnesota. Great football game too, but that's when it really started showing up in my life. And here I am now, I, I cast down but not forsaken. 
look, there's no quit in you. There's no quit in you. Why? Because of the verse we started with. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Be steadfast, be unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be stuck. Be unmovable. Be stuck in church. Come on. Hebrews 10, 25. Don't forsake yourselves the assembling of together as some do, but even more as you see the end approaching. It's not time to, you know, do the COVID thing and back away from church. Time to get get back on get back on track. No fear here. I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What am I gonna eat? Most of you already got a plan after church. <laughs> Hope he didn't preach too long. I'm hungry. <laughs> what a country to live in. I remember when uh, Ed Dixon married his wife. He he, uh, he took her out to a restaurant. 25 years old. And it was the first time she ever stepped inside a restaurant. That's its routine. 25 years old, not ever in one. Take note. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Can I get coffee after church? <laughs> Will it be too late? Will it keep me up tonight? <laughs> Is not life more than meat and your body more than clothing? <clears throat> Behold, look and see the birds of the air. The birds of the air down, down in... Uh, down in uh, Ocean View, the restaurant down there. They were so well fed that you'd put food out and they'd come and look at it first. <laughs> I don't think I want any more French fries. Huh? I'm thinking, you, I would have ate those if you knew we were going to take them. <laughs> Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. He uses his son Geary to do it sometimes. Yes. Are they not much better than you? But the, the, the key takeaway from this verse is take no thought saying. The thoughts that come are not yours until you speak them out. And then Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit that appears, whether good or bad. No, oh, how about uh, thirty nineteen? He said, "I set before you this life, this day, life and blessing, death and cursing." Was that Hebrews? No, Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I set before you this day, life and blessing, death and cursing. And because you're so thick, <laughs> I have to give you the answer. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. He said, choose life. I thought, wow, are we that dumb? God, you had to tell us, tell us the answer to that question. <laughs> choose life that you and your seed may live. 
Uh, how about now the Passion Translation of Matthew six twenty five? <laughs> this is why I tell you. Are you ready? Matthew six twenty five. This is why I tell you to never be worried. Oh, how many of you haven't worried yet today? Can I see your hand. Not not a worry, not a care. Well, you're awesome. Never be worried about your life. What else would there be? <laughs> Never be worried about your life. For all that you need, listen to this, all that you need will be provided. Such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than meat and meals? Isn't your body more than clothing? Consider the birds. Do they worry about their existence. They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet the Heavenly Father provides for them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Heavenly Father than they are? I'll ask you that question again. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than the birds are? Aren't you much more valuable to God. Sometimes you don't even value yourself. Why would you worry about clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers in the field. They don't work. And yet, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty like one of these. So God, if God clothed the meadows and the hay, this is good for you ladies as Christmas coming. <laughs> Look at your husband while I'm reading. Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like that. So if God clothed the meadows and the hay, which is here today for a short time, then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes that you need? Then he says, this is too bad he put this part in there. You of little faith. <laughs> so you need to rewrite that for yourself and say, me of great faith. You know, somebody was on uh, Facebook the other day ragging on all the rich preachers that are out there. And uh, sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. But I was thinking about the money that David and his men gave to rebuild the temple of God. Whew. Billions of dollars out of their own bank account. And we know from Samuel chapter 30 that they were in debt. No, Samuel chapter 22, they were in debt. They were distressed and discontented. By the time you get to chapter 30, they come to Ziglag, find their homes burned with fire. But by the end of the day, they had so much money. Those 400 became 600, and they were 600 of the most wealthy people in Israel. Like if they were alive today, the media would be all over them too. And the so-called Christians. I can't believe those guys. Preacher so-and-so's got... Somebody said... I'm not going to name their names, but so-and-so's got $10 million and someone else has got $20 million. All it is, is jealousy, baby. Yeah. Because if you know God, is God limited by a million, a million bucks? He doesn't care about how much money you have. What he cares about is how much money has you. Yeah. And he can do that with 20 bucks. 
hang on to that 20 until until it screeches. I need more money, need more money. No, you need more grace. If you need more money, it's a plant the seed to meet the need. You got the seed in your hand, but you eat it all the time. I'm hungry right now. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things that you need? Then he'll tell you about a seed. He's trying to get you free from yourself. Trust in what you can do. We already know what you can do. Nothing much. Anyway, the way it works is great faith will give you great peace. Great faith will give you great peace. And great faith and great peace are the power twins. Power twins. And you have faith. He said, if you had faith, as a grain of a mustard seed. You don't need a big amount. You just need to work with what you got. If you had faith, as a grain of a mustard seed, you'd say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Not to it in your heart, believe the things you say will come to pass. You will have whatsoever. Yeah, but think about that. He, what he's telling you is you're going to have whatever you say. Whosoever can have whatsoever. Whosoever will say to this mountain, this circumstance, this thing that's been in my life so long. Whoever will say this, I've been broke for years. Well, that's the mountain. It's been there a long time. It looks like a mountain range. It looks impossible. looks impassable. Whoever will say to this mountain, this circumstance, be removed from me and cast into the sea. And don't doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he says. See, your faith is voice activated. Doesn't matter what you believe, if you're not talking, then it's not going to work for you. Hallelujah. Whosoever will say to this circumstance, get out of my life. I believe it in my heart and I say it with my mouth. And I believe the things that I say will come to pass. And my Bible says, my Bible says that I won't have everything God says. My Bible says that I'll have everything that I say. Oh, I wished it was the other way around. So did I. But is it? You'll have whatever you say. Out of, out of your heart comes the abundance. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. What's in your heart in abundance is leaking out your mouth. Make sure it's God. And then in verse 24 of that, Mark 11, of course, he said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall. So I believe and I shall have. Amen. Power twins, okay? How about John 16? Verse 33. In me you'll have peace. So if you're in him, if you're in him today, you have peace. If you're living in the world, you have tribulation. So where's your heart? Where's your mind? 
in me. He said, when you're thinking about me, when you know who I am and what I'm going to do in your life, you'll have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But you don't have to be there. Be of good cheer. Come on, he said, cheer yourself up. Yeah. I've overcome the world for you. So it's time for some people to get happy. No, but you can always tell. Like, praise and worship people must know. Like, Will and Steve must know. They come in here in the morning, and, and first off, am I going to have to raise the dead? <laughs> so two or three songs go by, and then finally some life starts to No, but you can tell when people are fired up, it hits right away. You don't have to. And again, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying you can locate yourself. If you've been praising the Lord all week long at home, coming in here and praising the Lord is as easy as can be. If you're just coming in from, oh, God, what a week I've had. <laughs> and it takes three or four songs to get you up. Yeah. It's okay. I'm just saying it helps. When you, you know, when you, when you're in the word every day for yourself and you're in praise and worship every day, come on. He said in, he said in Philippians 4, 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. No, always. Why did he say that? We need it. Because you, he doesn't need it. He he doesn't feed his ego. He said, I'm going to show you the same thing that I showed Paul when he was in jail in Acts chapter 16. At midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing. You think they felt like singing? Do you really think they felt like singing? Blood running down their knees in the lower part of the dungeon. You know why they call it dungeon? That's where the dung goes. Dungeon, dung, dung down. They were down in the dung. I don't know what your circumstances are right now, but you haven't been in the poop like those guys. When you're up to your neck in it, praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't know what silence was feeling. I always picture Silas as the, the guy that wasn't quite there yet. Silas, it's time to sing. Blood running down your face poop in your clothing. If you have any clothing, I don't know. Yeah, but it even says at midnight. So the reason why it tells you that is to let you know that at your darkest hour, when it looks the worst, if you'll rejoice, I'll shake the jail that you're in. I'll shake the things that are holding you back. Shake that place until you're free. I'll shake it. I'll shake it until you're free. Amen. Amen. At midnight. Come on. At midnight. Yeah, but not only did they get free, not only did they get free, but everybody in the prison got free. That's why I'm convinced that when we get to the church, like some churches have got this outreach and that outreach, the other outreach, we are looking at more TV because we've got an offer. But but our our real heart is... I'm not saying the other churches are wrong or right. I'm saying that our church, when you get to the place where you're so on fire, God, people will come to watch you burn. Oh, yeah. 
But when they see a world that's so messed up as it is right now, and they see you not troubled, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When you're watching the news and it's fretted up and, oh, did you, what's happened in Israel? Let me tell you what's happened in Israel. Tell you what God said would happen. In 48, they became a nation. In 49, Billy Graham started his ministry. Kenneth Hagin, a whole bunch of other ministries came out and the healing revival broke out at the same time. Whenever something is going on in Israel, you watch and see the church is about to have an explosion of the power of God. And it's Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. It's there. It's like what's happening in the world, the parallel is about to happen in the church. We had COVID, we had all kinds of junk happen to us over the last couple of years too. Wasn't any fun. But arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In the world there's a darkness and the gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory shall be seen on you. Your heart will reverence and be enlarged because the abundance of the Gentiles will be converted onto you. Kings and influential people will come to the brightness of your rising. Why? Because they don't have any answers. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, people are looking at the government out there to help them. Might as well look at the Muppets. Help us, Muppets. Help us. Only God. Not the Motley crew, that's for sure. Where did I say go? Hmm? We're taking a break. I didn't. John sixteen thirty three. In me? Oh, come on. Am I in Christ? Then I've got peace. If I'm in my mind, I don't. I think it's the, uh, it may be the Passion Translation says it this way. Everything I've taught you is so that you can have peace. It's in me and it'll be in you. It will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrow. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in my circumstances. My circumstances change day by day, but the greater one keeps rising up. Keeps rising up. There's a champion on the inside, and you can't keep that champion down. I don't care how hard you try. The champion will rise up. Like you want to, you know, swing over hell on a cornstalk and spit on the devil's eye. Who says that? Mark Hankins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. He conquered the world. He conquered the world, which makes me again, Romans eight thirty seven more than a conqueror. So my choice is in my voice. And I just have to choose to speak God's word in spite of what else is going on. How are you doing today? I'm more than a conqueror, bless God. No backing up, no backing down. How about Romans 5, 1? 
this could be my last verses. Hmm? Communion? Yeah, but your husband's supposed to be doing that. He goofed off. That was that was so funny because he called called apologizing, and I'm not trying to sound super spiritual. I was expecting the phone call, it's just because it's not being super spiritual when you know something. It's not like you're believing. It's like no, I already know. When I'm believing, I'm struggling to believe. Is that hope? But when I know, some things you just know. I know that I'm going to have lunch when this is over. How about you? I, nobody has to convince me of that. The only thing I have to do is convince Nancy where to go so that I can steer the ship. <laughs> Romans 5.1. This must be the Passion Translation. It's a lot of words. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. Whew. Ever think about it? It's his righteousness. He, God, made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that I'd be made the righteousness of God in him. He took everything that, every rat thing that I ever did. I'm even remembering things now that I forgot over the years. The other day I was thinking about, gee, I wonder what year that was. I, I broke into a house. And I was in there stealing something. I don't remember what. But the people came home. And I had to get him high behind the coach. And I had to lay there for a half an hour until they went to bed. And I'm laying in there thinking, they're going to hear my heart. <laughs> I wasn't a thief. I wasn't saved. I wasn't saved, but what? I, look, I. <laughs> no, can I tell? Can I tell you God's truth? I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize, like, like this one house that they were built, building. I spent. I first off, I had to steal a boat, and I stole the boat and went up the lake, and broke into the house they were building. Then I needed to buy or build a raft because I wanted to steal the stuff they were putting. And again, I'm, I'm, God is my witness. I didn't even, didn't even, Nancy's looking at me. Look, I didn't realize, I didn't even have a clue what I was doing. I'm serious. Like it wasn't a person, it was a thing. So I'm taking all this stuff and it's been, I spent several nights running down the lake and dropping the stuff off at another place. And, and then... At night after dark, I'd run across the road with this stuff, and I built a cabin. I built a... No, no you, you should have saw the cabin. It, it even had a basement in it. And the logs were so big, I had, to get, I had to get them with chain blocks to pull them up on the hill. I built this beautiful cabin, put a pitched roof in it with a glass roof, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And then I got all this insulation and jib rock and all this stuff. So it was, it was just a place where you'd want to go stay, which I did. 
But anyway, the cops finally found it, and that was the end of that. But they came out with a fire truck and burned it to the ground. Yeah. Anyway, what was all that about, you know? Oh, yeah, being a thief. Being a thief. But again, I, well, I ran that stuff up and down the lake and in a stolen boat with a stolen raft and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and I'm telling you the truth. Oh, God, it was my witness. It never dawned on me that I was hurting people. I was just doing what, because I had no parents. That's my excuse. I had no parents, so I did whatever comes to ever, whatever came in my mind. Yeah, I was telling Nancy about it one time. She said, you're a street urchin. Said, What's a street urchin? <laughs> I, yeah, but I did. I swear to God, he's my witness right now. I did not know I was hurting people. Never dawned on me until after I got saved. After you get saved, it's like, oh God. He said, You're forgiven, but I still had to go around and see some people. Yeah. No, to ease my conscience, I. Romans 5.1, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. Don't think less of me for the stories I'm telling you, okay? <laughs> I was a teenager without parents. What a cabin. <laughs> Up overlooking a still water. Beautiful spot. <laughs> You know how long it took to chain block all those logs up there and to get all that material up there? <laughs> the cops were impressed. <laughs> no, they were. The, 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 the arresting officer defended me in the courthouse. He did. I, I was 16 years old, and he... and, and uh, and uh, I remember Martin Haley was the judge, the hanging judge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, got dead, dead. Anyway, I'm in there, and I, like, you know, I had pleaded not guilty first, then I came back, and obviously I'm guilty, I pleaded guilty. And when I pleaded guilty, the, the, the police officer stood up and said, I'd like to speak on this guy's behalf. 16 years old. And the cop got up and defended me. And, you know, he says, you know, the guy's this, that, and the other thing. And he, yeah, and he really liked my cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm up standing in front of the judge. And uh, the judge says, okay, then I'm going to give you the draper. I'm thinking, dear God, what's a draper? How long is that in jail? A draper. It was, it was a uh, parole officer. But the way he said, I'm going to turn you over to Draper. I'm thinking, I'm going to be in trouble now. Anyway, I get off. <laughs> I get off because of the mercy of God. It's amazing when you get saved and you look back. Yeah. God was there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> stupid as stupid could be, God was there. Didn't know him, and he was taking care of me. Surely I can trust him now. He loved you before you ever met him. He's the one that led you into a church. He's the one that led you to accept him as Lord. You've got, listen, turn to somebody and say, you've got nothing to worry about. 
Just point up here and say he turned that guy into a pastor. <laughs> Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and now he declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. True and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us a permanent access into the marvelous kindness that he has given us. A perfect relationship, a perfect relationship with God. I lost my natural father when I was six, but I found my real father when I was 30. When somebody knows everything about you and they love you anyway, everybody say that's a good thing. <laughs> Our faith guarantees us permanent access into his marvelous kindness. He's given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop us, develop in us patient endurance. So, what's happening in us when we're going through trouble? Patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character will lead us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Casting into your heart. Mm. That's a good thing. See, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.